0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, 0.
1: All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside Doug McCary, coming to you live from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Where, it, if it sounds like I've got a little uh, head cold or whatever, I think it's just allergies going on. It is. I don't know. It's got to be 85 degrees out there. And yeah. I'm not – listen, I'm not complaining. It was one of the verses we we were memorizing over the weekend, uh, Philippians 2. I think it's 14. Hmm. Do not complain or grumble. <laughs> <laughs> I am not complaining or grumbling. Thankful to be in Jacksonville. Uh, thankful to have the kind of weather we've had. But the pollen is everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everybody's complaining about it. Oh, man. I'm just – I don't know, I feel worn out. So, uh, but I feel okay. I'm just tired. That's it. But how you
2: doing, brother? I am I'm good. I I uh, got a chance to go teach on the West Side today and teach from Hebrews chapter 7 about our great high priest, the one who is the permanent high priest, the pure high priest and the perfect high priest and uh, you know, I I'd, I'd kind of forgotten I'd taught that before back in SWAT about all the different priests. You know, there were 83 priests, 83 high priests Hmm. from the time Aaron started until the temple was destroyed. (coughs) And there were so many, but really when you stop and think about it, that wasn't that many, but the high priest was the only one to be able to go up on the day of atonement Hmm. and uh, to be able to offer the sacrifice and, jesus now sits at the right hand of the father intervening for us and uh, praying for us and i'm just so thankful that he is my high priest i don't need any man i don't need anybody else just amen. Jesus. So. amen
1: well uh, so what did you hebrews 7 20 through you? 28 mm-hmm. 20 through 28 yeah mm-hmm. see i asked that because i'm teaching next week over there. <laughs> there you go <laughs> well you know i was telling somebody over there we we uh we went through Hebrews there back in 2019, mm-hmm. so we're back at it again. I guess I didn't learn enough, but
2: uh. well, you know, um, I don't know if in the news one of the things that's been going on is uh, our former president Jimmy Carter is in the he's in hospice care and uh, is getting ready to pass. And you know, I I think he. He was a a moral man, but he was a man whose policies I don't think were the best for the country. Obviously, some of his leadership I didn't agree with, but he did say one thing that I do agree with, and he said it back in um, the 70s, the late 70s, back when I was in high school, but it's something that I think is probably true for us today. He said, in a nation that was proud of hard work, strong families, and close-knit communities, and our faith in god too many of us now worship self-indulgence and consumption this is back in the wow. late 70s mm. human identity is no longer defined by what one does but what one owns wow. and i would even venture so far as to say our identity shouldn't be defined by what we do or what we own but That's by right. it, whose we are yeah amen and and uh, and so as we think about you know, the fact, I, I will say this, though, so I, I do believe he was a believer. I do, too. I, I think he I was a too. man of faith, and uh, I pray for his family. Um, having just walked through my own mother's passing, I know it's a painful thing. I, I've got another good friend out there in his family. I would just ask you pray for him. He just lost his father yesterday, oh. and, and uh, just pray for that family. All our listeners, I would ask you to pray for them and pray for strength. Because I uh, know it's uh, it's just tough when you, like I said, you lose one you love uh, in that way, and so. Um, but I, I think what President Carter said is really something that still applies even more so today. In fact, I was talking to a guy earlier today, and we were just talking about how self-consumed our young people are, and um, and the wrong things. Oh, I mean, absolutely! You know, but you know, Brad, when we were little. Uh our punishment used to be we had to stay inside. Yeah. Now kids punishments they gotta go outside. Isn't that funny? You know, it's just a different world we live in. And um and the the church, man, it is the bride of Christ, yeah. but I, I grieve over the impotence of the church in this country. Oh, absolutely. We um, we have we have we have really been silent in so many ways on all these issues.
1: Well, um, that could be a whole other uh, uh, um, day or week. Um, that uh, some of what I was sharing actually at the Iron Sharpens Iron event this weekend was just to your point. You know, we need men who are really feeding themselves on the Word. Mm-hmm. I've shared this here before. You know, it's like my brother-in-law, Tim, the day after I surrendered my life to Christ, he comes and grabs me for breakfast, and one of the first things he said is, I don't want you to be a spoon-fed Christian. Mm-hmm. You need to learn to open the Bible and feed yourself. And I'm thankful for guys like you, Doug, or pastors. And, and, but really, uh, your pastor... Is uh, uh, is not the only one who can teach the Bible, you know. Uh, I, I think Doug, I, I may have mentioned this to you recently. I was telling Brian Andrews this, and I think I even told Craig Henderson this. I think it's a good. It's a sign of a good ministry when the guy who heads up the ministry can take a couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, to go take care of things that are uh, more of a, that are a priority, yeah. and men step up to teach. Um, you know, I think of the men you and I have discipled over the years. What What is our goal in making disciples? One of the goals I have, Doug, is that when I, you know, I, I'd love to be able to call somebody and say, hey, I can't go into the radio today. Can you go in and fill in for, for me? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we ought to be doing. I'm thinking about Paul and Timothy and how much yeah. he encouraged Timothy, the things you heard from me in the presence of
2: many witnesses, and trust those things to faithful men who will teach others. Well, and that's why I'm so thankful for guys like Craig Henderson and uh, Brian Andrew and uh, David Gray Mm -hmm. that can step up, other guys who've stepped up and uh, been able to not only do the radio, Nick Lekas and uh, some of those guys in that Thursday morning group, Matt Fleming who served, Chuck Baker, uh, Mike Savini. I just think of all these guys at different places, Pete Hess, I've got so many guys in the SWAT groups that do serve and make mm-hmm. it possible that when I have to be out because it's beyond my control, it just continues and it goes yeah. and it's great. And yeah. so uh, I do appreciate that. Well, you know, I said yesterday that every every first segment we're going to deal a little bit with this because it's such on the the uh, agenda right now of things going on. And, yes, it this is – this it's not a secondary issue when scripture's clear uh, on something mm-hmm. because when you start violating scripture and I said this yesterday, Steve Farrar was asked, he went up uh, to a church in the Midwest and they wanted him to come talk to the elders because they were split on whether they should have had women elders or not. And he said, well, you might as well go ahead and start hom- ordaining homosexuals as elders too. Because once you deviate from God's word, there's a reason. And John Piper Uh, says there is a connection between home and church. And one of the things at home, men are proving their fitness to be an elder or a pastor Hmm. as they lead their families. And at church, they are the ones who are given that role. That's just the God-designed role. Paul says explicitly, I don't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Those two functions teaching and exercise authority are the functions of an elder now it's not a problem for women to minister in hundreds of ways at the church sure they can teach women they they can um do a lot of different things but the office of leadership and teaching of men has been and continues to be in biblical churches preserved for spiritual and godly men Mm -hmm. and um, jesus didn't choose women even though there were plenty that followed to be apostles. The 12 were all men, and that was intentional because they're all given the authority to found the church. Mm. And just like pastors, only uh, they had more authority as pastors, as apostles, right? But Jesus did call women, and he used them for significant ministry. If you go back and uh, and you see the role of women at the resurrection, uh And Jesus, even, it was very taboo in that culture a lot to include women, even in teaching. And you remember Mary sitting at his feet? Um, It was very countercultural to have so many women that attended him that closely and provided for his needs and for him to be merciful to those prostitutes and those sinful women. But Jesus was, well, Piper calls him pro-woman to the max. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: But he didn't choose women to be apostles. He, and, and he didn't call Paul to establish women elders in any of the churches in Asia or any of the churches in, in Judea. Uh, because uh, it, his teaching from Genesis through Revelation is it's healthy for the church and for the family if men have the role of Christ like, humble, caring servant leaders and if the women come alongside and fill that role as helpmates to them then they function together as 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 healthy whole people instead of trying to fight for authority why can't
1: know? we just i mean i think about your family my family those who are listening your family unit there are there are things my wife does that i can't do that uh, that i'm not nearly as good at yeah. she is and i'm i'm thankful for that and we know early on i mean back in genesis she will want to rule over you mm-hmm. uh, that's really one of the curses that we see in in the bible early
2: on well and and i said yesterday isaiah twelve three, that says that one sign of god's punishment is when women and children rule over a nation hmm and boy, when they take over a culture, men become weak. And we have seen the emasculation of men in the church, boy, in have this we ever? Yep. Incredible.
1: Well, listen, we, we'll we pick up that conversation when we come back from the break. If you want to call in today, 844 777 7928, that's the number. You can call 844 777 SWAT. You can also go to SWATradio.com. If you want to go back and listen to past broadcast broadcasts, the archives are deep. Uh, there's a lot there. And uh, anyway, we're glad you have tuned in today.
0: We're going to take a quick break, and we will we'll be we will be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is one 777 7928 That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT.
1: Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown the cold black tie Hold on for the sudden start Breathing the familiar shock of
2: confusion and chaos Hey, welcome
1: back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this afternoon. Uh, glad to be here. If you want to call in today, the number's 844-777-7928. 777 swat and uh you, great great little conversation. We kind of teed this up last yesterday, and we're back at it again today. You know it's just looking, Doug. you think about it even in, in the Old Testament, I mean, listen, women have been a, a vital part of the advancement of the gospel yeah. over the years. I mean, yeah. Sarah births a nation at the age of 90. yeah uh, was it Jochebed defies the Pharaohs to rescue her son. Miriam prophesies and sings over a fledgling nation. Mm-hmm. Deborah commands armies as the chief prophet and judge in the land. Jail uh, assassinates the enemy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they just Listen, there are so many stories throughout Scripture where God uses women. But one of those areas is not in the pulpit to the congregation. Yeah. Now, I know your wife is, has probably shared messages
2: in the pulpit, well, she's but to Testament. women. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, and, she, and and listen, I again I this is not talking about somebody sharing a testimony. Exactly. This or writing ta- a book. Yeah. This is talking about the preaching of God's word to the combined group of people and exercising authority or leadership. And there's a lot of rationalizations. Well, they're under the headship of the elders or they're no, when that person is teaching on a Sunday morning. It's as if God Himself is speaking through that person. Yeah. And God has reserved that for men in the church. That's that's what his word says. And so um uh that it was and, and again, there's no distinction in value between men and women. They they both are valuable in the in the Lord. There's no Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male nor female, as it relates to value of Right. family uh, right. participation this is talking about the roles in the church and the roles of leadership um and so i it, it is a issue the the southern baptists have made a clear statement with what's going on with saddleback and some other churches Uh the, the issue becomes what are you going to cut out what are you going to pick and choose when you start opening up that Pandora's box and says, well, we think it's okay here because she's just as good a teacher. She's just as qualified. You know, uh, she's just as smart, articulate. It has nothing to do with any of those. Mm -hmm. It has to do with God's design. Um, And so uh, I think – I think that's a dead horse right there. Have I beat I it enough, Brad? Yeah,
1: I think we've we've uh, we beat that okay. one. All right.
2: Uh, Acts 21, 17 through 40. This is Paul coming back to Jerusalem after he has been on his third missionary journey. He comes into town bringing with him Philip and some disciples from Caesarea. And Paul comes into town knowing that he's going to have persecution, suffering, and really, from this point on, Paul is going to be in chains for virtually the rest of his life, and he's going to be Christ's ambassador in chains. And when he comes back, we looked at these three ideas for the week that just like in Paul's life, God calls us to, one, give him the glory for the things he's accomplished through us. We talked about that yesterday. Today we're going to be at uh, looking at how God calls us to always submit to his authority through those he's appointed over us. That's a tricky one we'll talk about today. That should create some questions for sure. And then tomorrow we're going to look at him calling us to trust in his sovereignty and the life he's allotted to us. And so today we're looking at the second half of verse 20 all the way through verse 26 and this idea of submitting to authority. Now keep in mind, Paul was an apostle, a super big A apostle, not just a sent one, but one with authority directly commissioned by Jesus. That's significant Hmm. because when he comes back to Jerusalem, there's 70 elders there, men who've not done the ministry Paul's done. They haven't had direct revelation from Jesus the way Paul had. They haven't been given the commission that Paul has and yet they are elders of the church there. So when Paul comes into their area of ministry, he submits mm. because they ask him to do something, and it's not even something commanded to do in Scripture except under the old traditions, and And yet he does it. And I think that's important for us to take note of. So as we look at verses twenty. Through twenty six, read verse twenty again, all the way through twenty six, Brad. We're going to look at this idea of submitting to his authority through those he's appointed over us. Yeah,
1: we're in Acts chapter twenty, beginning in verse twenty one, beginning in verse twenty. And when they heard it, they glorified God, and they said to him, "You, you, you see, brothers, you see, brothers, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed? They are all zealous." For the law, and they've been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children, or walk according to our customs. What then is it to be done? They, they uh, will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify yourselves along with them and pay their expenses. So that they may shave their heads. Thus all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourselves also live in observance of the law. But as for the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men, and the next day he purified himself along with them, and went into the temple giving notice when the days of purification would be fulfilled
2: and the offering presented for each one of them. These are the very words of God. And when you look at what Luke writes at the end of verse 20, uh, the second part, he said, "When you see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews among of those who believed." That word there for thousands is the word myrias, from which we get myriad from, mm-hmm. and it literally means tens of thousands. So there's tens of thousands of Jews who have now believed. So a lot of people forget the disciples, Jews, Paul. Jew. Thousands and ten thousands of believers in Jerusalem, Jews. So we shouldn't have a problem with Jewish people. They're the heritage of our faith. Right. The The problem was not the Jewish people. It was unbelievers among those people that were supposed to be designated as God's spokesman to the world. Mm. They were to put God on display. They were supposed to be the people that... That got the word out. And so what we see is they say, look, Paul, you got all these 10,000s of people here, and these people are zealous for the law. Now, when you first read that, you might think, well, I didn't think we were under the law anymore, or mm-hmm. we." but the law was God's gift to the Jewish people and to yeah. us to reveal our sin and to reveal him. Mm-hmm. And so there was ceremonial law, there was dietary law, and the feast, and the Jews who believed were now zealous for those laws, not for salvation, but because now they understood about what they meant that the the foreshadowing of Jesus and they now they wanted to do the feast because They were grateful because they saw the value in them Mm. as related to Jesus. So there's nothing evil about the ceremonial law. There's nothing evil about the Jews wanting to do it. And these leaders, these elders came to Paul, and they said, listen, they've been told that you're teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to go away from the law.
1: Yeah, so they're not viewing this, uh, uh, when, when you talk about they were zealous for the law, they're not seeing the law as their means of salvation no yeah. no
2: no but that's part of their heritage right exactly and so listen there's a, the judaizers were coming in and they were saying paul is antinomian anti-law do anything you want but they lied about paul because they served the father of lies satan and so paul never taught a jew to forsake moses ever he never taught a jew to forsake the law he taught gentiles they didn't have to keep the ceremonial law, circumcision, or the feast. Why? Because they were under Christ and and they didn't have to do those things. Now, if a Jew wanted to do those things because now they understood the spiritual mm-hmm. significance, then let them do it. Right. Paul says if you want to worship on one day more special, that, that, that's fine. That's right. between you and God. But there's a difference between Paul and teaching the jews to forsake and he didn't do that he taught gentiles they didn't have to so these elders seeing that that could be a problem their lives he said listen there's four men verse 22 who's gonna they've taken a nazirite vow and we talked about that a few weeks ago um, and it's back in number six a Nazarite vow was when you would consecrate yourself and set aside drinking of wine you would set aside cutting your hair Um, And the drinking of wine is symbolic of the world's joy, but the man's hair, if you had long hair, it was a reproach. Mm. You know, I mean, it means you didn't care about cutting your hair and keeping yourself fit, so it's kind of like in mourning or you're something, you know, you're just, you don't care about that. And so these men had set aside uh, for a, a, a vow, and remember, there's no New Testament constraints to keep the ceremonial law, but if you want to, You can do it but the moral law is different we're constrained by love to keep the moral law because by the love of christ because it affects our witness to people Hmm. and that law is written on our hearts do not murder do not bear false witness do not steal worship the lord your god with all your heart right so these men in verse 23 say do what we tell you do what we tell now brad when somebody says do what i tell you <laughs> what happens immediately a yeah, lot of times it,
1: something happens in you there's that defensiveness like how uh, who like, do you do think it? you are exactly yeah. and we, you say when, that? when we
2: come back i want to i want to finish looking at the text and then we're going to through verse 26 and just talk about this submission Because it really is amazing that Paul, this super apostle, submitted to these elders.
1: Yeah, amen. Glad you joined us here at SWAT Radio. You can call us at 844-777-7928. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Try
0: to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be
1: me without you. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow. Not Wednesday yet. Tomorrow is Wednesday. <laughs> um it, we, we I do this all the time, but did it at lunch today. Is uh, just talking to people. You know, I, I want to see men grow in their walk with Christ. And if if your growth is um, only as a result of what's preached on Sunday, man, you're missing out. And uh, just want to encourage you: go to swatradio.com. If you're not involved in a weekly Bible study outside of church, and we're not, we are not repl- a replacement for your church. No. Uh, we are a place where men gather. We open the word together. Uh, Doug teaches us, or one of the other men teaches, and uh, it's just good fellowship, a good time together, and I just realize how much, how valuable that has been in my own life personally, and yeah. I, I, I think about, you know, what, I don't know what my life would look like apart from the men who have spoken truth into my life, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know. Makes me think of this passage that we're looking at, in in particular, this
2: area of submitting to authority. I was kind of hoping you might skip over that. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, here's the thing. These elders, there were about 70 of them, told Paul, hey, listen, do what we tell you to do. We see that Paul's enemies, the enemies of the gospel at this point, are accusing him of basically teaching Jews not to observe tradition. Mm-hmm. That's he didn't do that. In fact, over in Acts sixteen, he circumcised Timothy. Timothy grew up as an uncircumcised mm-hmm. man and because of his Greek father. Right. But but Paul says, you know, if we're you're gonna be ministering with me, Timothy, you need to get circumcised, not for salvation, but for ministry. So Just it's
1: not a stumbling block.
2: Yes, right. Basically. And then even Paul over in Acts uh, 18 took a, a Nazarite vow. So Paul is, I mean, these men are lying about Paul, which that's what Satan does. Uh, people tell rumors and half-truths and prejudice and just because sometimes just outright lies to try to discredit God's servants. So the leaders said, hey, Paul, why don't you publicly um, show people And one way you can do it is join these four brothers in their vow and even pay for it. If Mm. you're paying for their vow, then you're going to show that, you know, you agree with these traditions. You agree you're not teaching against the law. And so, and here's, notice this in verse 25, Oh, James and the elders, this is James, a half-brother of Jesus, they make very clear, we're not asking you to get the Gentiles to follow our traditions they make it very clear uh, in verse 25 and so what does paul do in verse 26 he submitted to the elders he followed through it verse 26 says then paul took the men and the next day he purified himself along with them and went to the temple temple giving notice of when the days of purification would be fulfilled so he did it mm-hmm. he submitted now if you you've Pop over to First Corinthians, Brad. 1 Corinthians nine. Paul's talking about how he surrenders his rights. Now we live in a country that tells us to hold on to our rights, but in 1 Corinthians nine nineteen, Paul says, "Listen, though I'm free for all from all, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jew, I became a Jew in order to win Jews." To those under the law, I became as one under the law. And then he puts, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel. And so Paul's heart is to minister and to compromise where we compromise. And here's where we compromise, folks. It's in the area of preference, not truth. We never compromise truth because you can't really love without truth. You know, people, we we hear us all the time, Brad, well, we need to let love trump everything. Well, no, love is not love if you're trying to acquiesce to falsehood well how would you know love without god's word
1: how would you know love without the demonstration uh uh, that being demonstrated
2: is it loving to let people do whatever they want when that endangers people yeah is it loving your neighbor to let them put something into their body that is poison if you know it's poison no that's not loving at all well yeah but we should let them do what they want to do no that's not loving you don't you don't do that you don't w- would you let somebody put a gun up to their head and sit there and go okay you can do whatever you want to do no you say hey stop don't do that there's value for your life there's hope for you yep. and 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 you shouldn't do that or warn them. That's loving. Listen, you can't violate truth to teach truth. I remember there was a, a pastor, no kidding, I kid you not, that basically said, Hey, sometimes we got to violate God's word in order to win people to Christ. Mm. Now, think about that for a second. He's saying you got to violate God's truth to teach truth and reach people with <laughs> truth. That makes no sense. Yeah. But people do that they do stranger things than that so uh it's it's really mind-blowing to me but this whole idea of love uh and, and loving people listen we we have to surrender to god and we submit to his authority and notice that when paul submitted to these people jerusalem wasn't his home church but these were the elders there, right? Right, and he he did it yeah. because he wanted to minister there.
1: Well, and I think it's important. I mean, there's so much in this uh, body um, of scripture, but this idea I was thinking about how how important is it, Doug? You've got a a ministry, you've got uh, board members, you've got men that are on the, on your board uh, in a similar way. Aren't you glad? that you have those kind of people around you mm-hmm. <laughs> who may who may actually see something you don't see. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what some of what even what I'm seeing here in this text is that maybe Paul wasn't aware of of this and the need, you know, kind of like read your audience, know who who you're ministering to. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to look back at that that text in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that are we willing to do what needs to be done, not violate scriptures, to reach people mm. with the gospel. Paul clearly is, even to the point of submitting to those who haven't even walked his walk.
2: Yeah, well, and that's exactly, and that's the whole point, is that when you look at um, Paul's experiences, what he's suffered, what he's been through, it would have been very easy for him to go, well, who do you, who do you think you are mm-hmm. i've suffered i've i've been stoned i've I've been beaten many times and I don't need to prove anything to anybody but no he submitted himself to these elders because paul wanted to be obedient to God he wanted to reach these people and these elders were the ones that were over the church in this area right right our speaker today was a guy
1: by the name of Bill Jurgen at lunch today. He's the CEO of Correct Craft Boats. Hmm. Um, one of the things he talked about was being a the difference between a knower and a learner. Hmm. You know, He said a knower is somebody who reads the same kind of books over and over and over again. It's that they have one channel that they tune into on the radio or one TV station that mm-hmm. they tune into. And as he's speaking, I'm going, I guess I'm a knower you know we, whereas paul is submitting himself and i think that's part of becoming a learner is there listen there's not one person on this planet that knows everything Mm-mm. that we need the body of christ this is a great picture of really the body benefiting
2: that's exactly what it is and i i i, I look at what paul did and i think about his life and he submitted and that's why he could write 1 Corinthians 9:19 9, because he understood that we can compromise in the area of preference, our personal preference. Right. We don't compromise in truth. And as we think about that, uh I don't know where you are maybe but but see Brad, and we talked about this in SWAT. Most people go to church they don't feel any allegiance to submit to their elders spiritually uh if their elders were to say to them Brad hey um, i really feel like you know you you do these things and and you you know we want to use you in the body this way um well, i don't think so yeah All right. so we write them off as people instead of god's servant leaders mm. over us serving the great king of the church the one who's the leader of the church we look at them as mere men and that's where the ceo model has crept in to where we look at these men as managers and not under shepherds of the one true shepherd the chief shepherd
1: yes and doug we view the flock as consumers yes you know what i mean as opposed to the body of christ where there's not yes there is an a there is authority uh per god's design Mm mm-hmm but there's an equality. There's there's we're equal, but some have different gifts. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I can totally relate to the idea of having to serve in areas at the church that I didn't feel like were really my gift, <laughs> but I was willing to do it because there was a need. And I think it, to Paul's point back in First Corinthians chapter nine is Paul is willing to do
2: whatever it's going to take to reach people with the gospel well he will and he submits to these elders so the question i have for you as an audience today um whose authority are you under i mean most people would say well i'm under my pastor's authority but you that's really not biblical you're under your elders authority Mm -hmm. the church was never meant to be ruled by one person right except for Jesus. He's the only ruler of the church, yeah. but he's established elder rule in the churches. That's the biblical model to have a plurality of elders, uh people that rule over those local bodies for him. They they they're not even their own independent rulers. Yeah. They are to be seeking the will of God as they lead that local body. Mm, so mm, that's good. Hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, glad you've tuned in today. If you want to
1: call, we'd love to hear from you. 844 777 7928. That's 844 777 SWAT. If you have a question or a comment, you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask at swatradio.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back.
0: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the Donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as the co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida and are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate. The Guardian Group, with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards, and online at GuardianGroupJax.com The Guardian Group happy to bring you SWAT radio on the truth.
1: Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. We're glad you've tuned in. If you want to call 844-777-7928, it's 844-777-SWAT. Uh, if you are not, uh, once again, just if you're not in a Bible study, we'd love to have you come join us in person. You can go to SWATradio.com, click on the meetings tab. You'll see the various meetings that we where we gather and uh we don't have our menu on there though do we doug maybe we need to start putting our menu up there i know some good chow some good fellowship and some good teaching Um, uh
2: tomorrow's jersey mics by the way for lunch yes here at
1: the salem center again you can go check that out on the website come come join us in person doug and i'll be there and a number of other guys and uh, we'd love to see you you know doug i'm sitting here looking at this and you know we we started the first segment off yesterday and then again today talking about, you know, uh, this idea of women in the church, mm-hmm. women in the pulpit, women preachers and pastors.
2: Yeah.
1: And that, that's a perfect example of not submitting to authority. Well... Our ultimate authority
2: is the Word. Yeah, Well, it is. And I, I love, you know, I, I there, there's two things I do every morning. Uh, well there's a few things <laughs> there's more than two but the two things that are absolutes for me in the morning is in the word and then i also like uh, being reminded paul Tripp has a great uh, devotional new morning mercies one of my favorites and i uh he listen you know somebody wrote in one time said why do we need books we don't need books listen books are nothing more than what your pastor does on a Sunday morning. He, he he relays, and Paul Tripp was a pastor, he relays what God has revealed to him about Scripture and helping explain different things in a way that is understandable. It's what Ezra did, and no, if somebody has a book that goes against the Bible, you don't need that book. No. But if somebody is sharing God's truth, uh, it's just a different experience that it goes through their lens. And again, you're right about one thing. We all need to be in the Bible. Like Brad says, we don't need to be spoon fed, but we can learn from different oh, people. Yeah. And and Spurgeon, uh, other people throughout history have have been great gifts to the body of Christ. And I think Paul Tripp's uh, devotional is good because he brings out some things that I think are very helpful for us, and he said this today, and and especially in our culture, this was today's, is, is, you know, being willing to tolerate things that are wrong in the eyes of God creates a surface peace, but it's not true love. That's not what love does. Um, Being willing to live inside a circle of evil and not make waves will cause people to feel okay about me or around Mm. me. But that's not love. And if we say, okay, don't worry about it to somebody who's doing something wrong, that's not loving. It is never loving to allow somebody to violate God's law in your presence and be okay with it. Mm. It's just not, that's not a loving thing to do. Uh, That's called maintaining peace at any cost. That means, and that's not true peace at all, Uh, remaining silent when I should speak up, is not love, and and he brings that out. I thought it was really good, real biblical self sacrifice, God honoring love. He says never compromises the truth of God's word. Well,
1: I was going to say, I think that the the idea of peace, you know, Scripture says, as long as it's up to me, I will be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. Well, not at the expense of truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth has to be a component. To accomplishing peace and uh, you know I think uh, I'm afraid that doesn't uh, seem to happen these days especially in the church you know and again we're not the we're not the fruit police we're not you know inspecting people's fruit but when you go completely against the scriptures the truth of God's word right in front of you if you love that person, and you can do it in a loving way. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, just it, they need to be confronted. Yeah, and it and it. Listen, it doesn't mean either that we 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 just turn our backs forever on people who refuse to hear the truth. Right. We pray for them. We're always open to engage. Always open to uh, be able to do it. But the the. And I'm not talking about self-righteous, judgmental, critical, condemning, but that's how you're portrayed in our culture today if you speak about the truth of God as it relates to his design for marriage, as it relates to his design for male and femaleness. God created us male and female. He did not create transgender people. He didn't make That mistake. is an anomaly. It is a... Uh, abnormality, it is not God's design for people to be a man biologically and be changed into a woman. That is man doing that. That is very man-driven, very humanistic, and uh, (laughs) it's not the first time. Obviously, the Bible speaks to men wearing women's clothes in the Old Testament, so this is something that's been going on for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. Well, I, I was, the, you, you quoted Isaiah earlier in the broadcast. What was that? Verse? Isaiah twelve three. Yeah, I was thinking about Isaiah forty verse eight. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God, the word of our God, will stand forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not to be written off, and uh, I'm, I'm afraid we're we're picking and choosing what we want to submit to. Obviously, we're talking about submission. Paul submitting. To these elders who may who, who clearly have a different life experience than paul had absolutely they did but paul respected the authority of of elders and
2: what that represented well and the issue for us is are we in a church first of all that has biblical elders if we're in a church that doesn't have biblical elders maybe you need to find another church you need to have Biblical elders. Listen, this doesn't mean they're perfect. These elders weren't perfect. I can promise you they were not perfect, but they were the elders that God had put in charge of that area. And again, this is the church of Jerusalem. Paul comes into this place. He wants to minister here. And so they say, hey, Paul, you need to do this. And he submits, even though he was an apostle. Nobody who's listening to this podcast or this radio broadcast is a super apostle. <laughs> Nobody here has done what Paul's done, and yet he submitted. But we struggle to submit. So our question we have to wrestle with is how well do we submit to the authorities God has appointed over us, whether it's our parents, whether it's our uh, employer, whether it's our um you know, government, government officials. yeah. yeah. It, it, if a government official is telling you something that doesn't violate God's word, uh, if it violates God's word, then that's a different story. They tell you you can't tell people about Jesus. Now they're going against the word of God because he right. says, yes, you can. He says you can. Yeah. Uh, he, In fact, Peter and John and James, they said, hey, you do what you got to do. We're yeah. going to do what we're, we're going to do, do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And I was just
1: you go, if you want a question, you have questions about eldership. I think there's an interesting. I mean, First Timothy three one through seven really addresses that. Titus addresses that. I mean, we see it throughout Scripture that this is God's design that there are elders in place. And uh, you know, it says in in First Timothy three verse one, it says the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. What's well, a pretty high bar here, Doug? It is. You know, uh, he must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Hmm. Um, man, it just goes on. It's, it's just so much, just the importance of having elders in the church today.
2: It's really important. Um, so I just hope that you will pray about that about and think about who you are submissive to. You are not your own authority. We all are under authority somewhere, right? Yep. Yep. And so... Um, Two things we've covered this week so far: God calls us to always give Him the glory for the things He's accomplished through us, and to submit to the authority of those He's appointed over us. And tomorrow we're going to look at this idea of trusting in His sovereignty and the life He's allotted to us. And uh, as as Brad, we kind of I know we just got a couple of minutes. I wanted to let people know again our Israel trip this year, November twenty fourth through December fifth. This is an in-depth study tour. Lori and I, my wife, we lead this journey of a lifetime. Uh, Basically, uh, we go uh, and walk where Jesus walked. There's uh, a limited number of spaces. So uh, if you are interested, please shoot me an email. I'll send you a digital flyer about the trip. Um, We get over there. We go in the desert. We go to the Dead Sea. We go to the Sea of Galilee. We go to Jerusalem, Bethlehem. Brad, you've been there. Uh, Man, I can't wait to get back. It's a great place. and We've got hikes that are challenging, all kinds of different things. So I hope you'll think it's November 24th, the day after Thanksgiving. So you get Thanksgiving with your loved ones. Then the day after, you go to Israel. Let me
1: tell you, if you have not made that trip with anybody, you need to go on this trip. It, it is phenomenal. So just
2: shoot me an email, Doug, at SWATradio.com, and I'll send you the digital flyer.
1: Yeah. Hey, glad you tuned in today. Go to SWATradio.com if you want to look at how, how you can support what Doug and I are doing. There's a place to do that. Come join us tomorrow at the SWAT uh, Bible Studies. Uh, you can go to the meetings tab at SWATradio.com. Check it out, and we'll see you
0: tomorrow.